Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. So good to see you, everybody. You guys are looking great today. I'm excited to be here in church with you. If we haven't met yet, my name is Kyle. I'm the lead pastor. If you're a guest with us, so excited uh, that you're here today. Um, and we've been praying for you and, and everybody, really, that you would have a life-changing experience with Jesus. Come on, anybody believe Jesus still changes lives? Come on, it is still the gospel of Jesus Christ that transforms things. It's not something that was for one time period and not for us today. Man, I believe God will still speak to you, still move, and still change uh, your life. And I'm praying that he does that for you today. Heaven forbid we ever come in on a Sunday and leave the same way. I don't want to do that. I don't want to just do a, a, a religious routine, um, check that box off, hey, I went to church this week, so I'm good, you know, there's so much more to it than that, and God wants to move in your life in an incredible way, and I'm believing he's going to do that for you uh, here today. Hey, some of you have been around for a little bit, right, and that's not, I'm not saying that to knock you or anything like that, we love all of you, but some of you, you've seen some things in your life, right? You've seen, you've seen a lot of different things come and go throughout your life, you've seen a lot of trends, right? A lot of different things, uh, a lot of different, let's just say like a lot of different fashions have come along the way, right? Uh, some of you lived through some bell-bottom days, right? And that's something, all that's coming back right now, you realize that, right? Especially the 80s, the 80s is in right now. Like, it, it wasn't cool before, now it's cool now. I don't know what that's all about, but it's cool to dress in all denim and, and jean jackets and all that fun stuff, and, and it's back, man. It's that retro thing, but, but some of y'all, you've been through some cool trends over the years. All the, all the fashion trends, all the hair trends, all those. Uh, and just think about how things have evolved over the years, especially in, in fashion, right? Uh, I mean, it used to be like you wore much more clothing, right? And, and now you see there's like less and less clothing has kind of trended into today's culture. Right? Uh, you know, shoes and, and there's just so many different trends from, from bell bottoms to denim jackets to skinny jeans now, right? Um, and, and there's so many different trends that, that we can talk about. What about like toys over the years? We started off with like Lincoln Balls. Anybody ever play with Lincoln Balls? You have those growing up maybe back in the day? Rubik's Cubes, right? Come on, those are timeless. Uh, slinkies, you know. I can't, we, we don't get kids slinkies anymore, they just tear them up. They're all stretched out and they're I'm like, oh my God. I lose my salvation trying to undo all this kind of stuff. Like, you know what? I'm not buying this. Right? Yeah, Play-Doh. Play. I mean, these are some things that have just been timeless trends. And now it's all these techie stuff. The kids want to play video games all night. Uh, Amy uh, hung out with the Davises last night, and, and we took, like, board games and card games, and I think they ended up playing the, the virtual reality headset. Joey's worst friend the whole time. And, and uh, yeah, just so many trends have come. And gone over the years. Think about uh, communication, even. Back in the day, you had to write a letter, and it took uh, forever to that letter to get to where it needed to go, and then, then the response, you know, it took even longer. So, uh, you know, for you to communicate with someone, it, it could take a couple days or even a couple weeks to, to talk to someone that maybe didn't live close to you. And things have evolved with technology and the phone, right? Back, back in the day, they had to go through the operator, you know, on the phone. And then, anybody remember the rotary phones? And some of y'all kids, and you don't know about those rotary phones. Uh, yeah. Rotary phones, and then the little doo 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 you know. Now, now we have these smartphones today. And even cell phones. Cell phones have not. I mean, remember the big Zach Morris? Big, big giant cell phones we used to have right back in the day? Some of y'all remember some of your phone, phone back. 
And then they got smaller, little flip phones. And we have these smartphones. You know, there's so many different trends that we can talk about that have gone through over the years. And, and, the, and the thing about most of those trends is some of them come and some of them go, right? You got some things that are timeless, but then you got some that, that come and go. And, and, and they're here today, gone tomorrow. The way they're it's disco, right? This Baby Shark song that's hitting the kids today. I know you're ready for Baby Shark to go. It needs to go in the name of Jesus. I repeat. Sorry. Some of those things need to go and stay gone. But there's some trends that have shaped our lives and everything in it. About the internet. There's some in the room, they don't know life without the internet. Many of us grew up without it. We, we were just fine, right? Now it's part of everyday life. It's shaped our world today. Cell phones, social media, all these things have shaped um, our everyday life. But man, the gospel of Jesus, it has not changed either. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the first century church, it may have seemed like a fad. It may have seemed like a revolution or, or an uprising. But it has stood the test it is still the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives today. It still has transformation power. It still brings revelation to us. It still is important today, now more than ever. And I feel like we get lost in the day-to-day. -day. I feel like we get lost in life sometimes. I feel like we get lost in the experiences that we go through, the ups and the downs and everything in between. It's easy, even the, just the, the everyday routine, we can easily get and the hustle and bustle and the issues of life, the troubles, the trials, the struggles. Any of you in this room, you've lost a lot. Especially in 2020, you lost a lot. And we can easily get lost in all those things. So as we start off this year, 2021, we've been in a series called Reset. Because we need to reset. We need to refocus. We need to get back to who we really are, who God really wants us to be, and what we need to really be doing in our life. Even in church, we need to reset because we can be about everything but Jesus. And that's a scary place to be. We can do church without the Holy Spirit. Now, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be right. And I don't want none of that. Okay? But we could. We could gather together. We could sing songs. We could have a good time. We could fellowship. We could do good in our community. All without the Holy Spirit. And that should scare us. That should bother us. I don't want to go without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to go without the leading of God. I don't want to go without His power because, man, I'm going to fail. Right? We're, we're, we're going to fail this thing, but God never does. Amen? So I want Him leading this. I want Him moving on Him spiritually. We need to reason. We need to get back to what God wants to do. Not what we think church should be. Not, 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 not the way we think it should be designed. We've we, we got to rethink a bunch of different things moving on into the future. Even the church needs a reset. So as we continue this series today, I came here to tell you, man, you need to forget you. Come on, look at someone next to you and say, forget you. Forget you. You need to forget you. Go to John chapter 3, verse 30. John chapter 3, verse 30. You got John the Baptist here. He's 
baptizing people. And if you know John and, and his story and his purpose, it was to lead the way for the coming of Jesus. And now Jesus has come on the scene. He's, he's, he's come in. John introduces him here. Uh, just a couple chapters away from here. John is, introduces him and says, hey, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. From the beginning, John was telling people, listen, I'm not the guy, right? I'm not the one. I'm leading the way for the one. I'm, I'm not the, and from the beginning, he's told them this. But I see he's basically, he's a pastor. He's pastoring these people. He's baptizing them. He's, he, he's trying to, to teach these people. And so, so essentially, he's a pastor to all these people. He's loving on them, and they're coming to him and, and everything. And now here's Jesus, and, and John is saying, all right, it's all about him. He's the one, right? I told you, I'm not the one. He's the one. And so we have the people a little confused. And here in John chapter 3, verse 30, I love this statement that John makes. Many of us know this. Some of you got tattoos with this on there. But, but, but I love it. It's such a profound statement. It's something that I go to quite often. It's something that I have to reset in my mind sometimes, in my heart, because I can get ahead of God sometimes. I can get going, and I can get ideas, and I can get dreams and things like that. But I don't want to get ahead of God. I want to be about His business, His purposes for my life. So i got to stick to this verse, and, and all of us do. We've got to find ourselves in, in this verse. And he makes this profound statement in John 3.30. He says, He must become greater, and I must become less. He must become greater, and I must become less. I'm not the guy. I'm not the one. Listen, I've been telling you all this. I'm not the one. I've been making the way. He is the one. But he must become greater. I must become less. Right before that, in John 3, 26, he has a conversation with some people. They were, they were confused. They didn't know what to do. They said, uh, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, well, he, he's baptizing and everyone's going to him now. In other words, John, what do we do? Like, you're, you're, like, you're, our, you're our teacher. You're, they said, Rabbi, you're, you're our teacher. So what, what do we do now? Everybody's going to him. What are we John's like, I've been telling you, I'm not the guy. He's the one. He's the one. And, and, and he gets to explain this um, throughout the next couple of verses. Talks about a wedding, you know, everyone's waiting, you know, for the, for the bridegroom. They're waiting for, for this to, to take place in a wedding. You can read up the verses from 26 to 30. You can read through that. But, but essentially, essentially say, listen, this is about, it's not my show. Right? You ever been to a wedding and some people want to make it about them? <clears throat> Moms, mother <clears throat> lost. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a wedding and, and waiting uh, for, for all the, the wedding participants to come in. And, and, and they say that there's great joy when, when they all come in, right? And, 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 and he's basically saying, listen, he's like, my joy is complete. In other, in other words, listen, I came to do what I, I meant to do. I, my, my, my purpose is complete now. I'm not the guy. Jesus is the guy. So guess what? Forget me. Forget me. He's the one you need. He's the one who brings salvation. He is the son of the living God. He is the lamb who takes away the sin. It's not me. I'm leading you to him. And this is the place, this is the place where we need to find ourselves. We need to, we need to see ourselves. And we need to be John's. You need to be a John the Baptist in your life. Right? 
So you know Jesus, right? You know Jesus. Many of you, you've come to know Jesus. You've given your life to him. You're, you're following him. Jesus has come into your life and he has changed your life. Anybody can testify that this morning? Come on, Jesus has saved you, set you free, might been delivered. Come on, anybody been filled with the Holy Spirit? Come on, anybody? I'll be quiet on you this morning. Anybody in the room, you've experienced Jesus in your life. All right, there we go. Thank you. Many of you have, so you know Jesus. You, you know who he is. You've come to that, that, that saving grace, that knowledge of the truth, who Jesus is and what he's done, who he is. So you know him. And now it's your job to lead the way for Jesus. It's your job to, to lead others in that knowledge. It's your job to lead others into his love, into his grace, into his... You've experienced it, but there's so many others out there who have it. There's people in your life right now that don't know Jesus. They haven't experienced his amazing love. They haven't experienced his grace that set you free. And now it's your job to lead the way. But to do that, we have to say what John said. He must increase. I must decrease. You gotta forget you. You gotta forget you to make it happen, to, to go where God wants you to go to do, what God wants you to live out the things that he wants you to live out. You gotta forget you. And that's countercultural. Because we live in a world that's all about me. We, we live in a world where if you're not first, you're last. Right? We live in a world where, where you know, second place isn't okay. So they give out participation trophies to everybody, right? I mean, that's the world that we live in. Everybody is, it's, it's, about, it's a me culture. It's what, what about me? All about me. And the message that John is sending here is countercultural. Countercultural. We must decrease. He must increase. Well, Pastor, what about me? What about what I want? I have needs. I have rights, right? Right? I have all these things. I have all these wants and desires. Like, life is really all about me, and it's not. This is the place, especially in the church. Guess what? You might come to church, and I know you're looking for a place to fit in and, and to, to find uh, this connection and to grow and all these things, but church really isn't about us. But we make it about us all the time. We make it about what songs we want to sing. We make it about um, how cold we want it in the auditorium. We make it about the color of things. We make it about the way we think church should be and how many songs we should sing and what it should be. We make it about us. All the time, and we miss it, man. We miss the mark. We miss what God is wanting to do. There, there's times when, when we think, oh my gosh, I stand for so long in worship. And Jesus hung on that cross for so long. We make, it about, we make it about how we feel. We make it about what we want. We're missing Jesus. We're missing God's power. We're missing revival, revival that we so much desperately need. Right here, right now in my life. I don't want to miss it. I don't know how you're feeling today. I don't want to miss it. I want more. Come on, you want more this morning? Come on, you want more, Jesus? You want more, God? You want more of his power and his presence? Come on. If you want more, guess what? You're going to have to forget you. He must increase. I must decrease. And here's what you can do. Here's how you can forget you. Here's the thing you need to understand. Here's what you need to get in your heart and your head right now. If you want to forget you, if you don't want to be about hey, you know, uh, your needs, and, and, and those things are important, but, but if you want to really forget you, here's what you need to understand is that God doesn't forget you. 
And there's grace in that. And there's a grace that empowers you to forgive you. There's a grace in that that empowers you to live and to be everything that God is calling you to be. You want to forget you, you're going to have to understand and hold on to that God doesn't forget you. Check this out. What about my needs? Well, guess what? He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Right? Well, what, what about my job? Pastor, well, my God is my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Come on. See what I'm saying? If you'll realize that God hasn't forgotten you, that he is for you, he is with you, he has a plan and purpose for your life, and guess what? You can forget him. See, we want that control. We want to, I want to go where I want to go. I want to do what I want to do. Well, Jesus will understand, and he'll forgive me, right? Man, that's cheap grace. That's not, that's a false grace. That's not a grace that's going to empower you. That's not a grace that's going to carry you through. It's not really grace at all. Man, we got to forget us, forget you today. Our walk with Christ has got to become so much more. We limit it. We put it in a nice little package in a box and we call it church. And for many, that's the extent of their relationship with Christ. Limited to a Sunday morning experience. It's easy to do this. It's easy to praise. It's easy to lift up the name of Jesus in this setting. But tomorrow, you know Monday is coming, right? Nobody like, you ever have a case in the Mondays, right? Monday's coming tomorrow. You're going to experience things. You're going to experience people. You're going to experience moments, again, that are going to try to break you. The enemy is going to come and he's going to try to break you. People are going to say things and it's going to attempt to break you. People are going to do things and they're going to attempt, whether they realize it or not, to break you. I need Jesus on Monday. I need Jesus on Tuesday. I need some more Jesus on Wednesday. I need even more Jesus on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday. See, a Sunday experience isn't going to cut it anymore. A Sunday experience isn't going to do it. It's not going to uh, carry you through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through. There's more to it. There's more to it. Come on, we can experience God wherever we are. God, God is not just here in the altar, right? He's not just here in the church. God, God is I'm the president, but he wants to meet with you wherever that you are. He wants you to make an altar. See, you can make an altar wherever you are. The altar is wherever you surrender yourself to Christ. It's wherever you sit and surrender your right to be right. It's wherever you surrender your, 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 uh, your needs. And it's wherever you surrender your sin. It's wherever you surrender your struggle. It's wherever you surrender yourself to Jesus. Altar can be anywhere. You can encounter God anywhere that you choose to surrender to Him. And as we give our life to Jesus, as we give our life to Him more, we should become even more like Him. And it becomes not just something that we do on Sunday, it becomes who we are. It becomes who we are. So we don't just go to church, we are the church, right? We don't just experience God at church. We encounter Him anywhere. Kingdom of God is, is so different. It's countercultural. It's different, right? 
To mature physically, we increase, right? As you uh, are, are from a child on up, your, 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 your body gets bigger, and some of us, you wish it wouldn't do that, but, but it does, it's the way it works, right? And, 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 and so physically, we increase, your organs, every part of you, everything increases. So to mature physically, we increase, but to mature spiritually, we must decrease. It's not about you, it's not about us, we've got to forget us, it's all about Jesus. Now listen, I can get y'all shouting about increase if I really wanted to. Come on, I can get you shouting this look, come on, God is going to increase your bank account this year. I can do it, and there's some preachers that do that. I, man, God is going to increase your bounty, he's going to increase your territory this year. Man, I can preach on that, I can do it. I can pump you guys up, but it would all just be harder. I can do that, I can, if you want, I can do that. I don't want to do that. Thing is, we don't need more stuff. Man. We need more Jesus. We don't need more money. We need more God in our life. I, I, sorry, I go. I'm on that, but I don't know about that. I can use a little extra money. But again, who's your provider? Who's going to take care of you? Right, forget you. And remember that God doesn't forget you. Amen. We don't need more stuff. We need more Jesus. He must become greater. I must become less. It's a mindset that needs to be reset. Time to forget you. So here is what being less about me, less about you, and more about Jesus means for us today. I got three uh, things. Three things that we need to lose. Three things that we need to forget. You ready? Come on. Trust me this morning. Number one, I have to lose my focus. You have to lose your focus. I'm pretty sure you preach faster on fixing your focus and finding your focus and whatever other F word goes with focus, right? Yeah, I have, but hear me out. What does Hebrews 2 2 say? It says, Let us fix our eyes on who? Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And here's what that means focusing on the things of Christ. It means that we begin to focus on things differently. Right? Jesus focused on life and not death. So we have to do the same thing uh, in our life. We, we have to learn to, to see what, what looks like it may be dead. We, we've got to speak life into you. Whether that's yourself, you might need to speak that into your life today. Man, I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling dead. I'm just feeling dry. I'm feeling, uh, you know, I don't feel God in my spirit. Maybe you're dead spiritually. You're not, you're not walking out this faith, this thing with Jesus today. Maybe you don't know him at all. So spiritually you are dead. You need to speak life to those dry bones today. Maybe there's some dreams that are in your life and, and you've, you've thought about them and, and you started to make plans for them and then, and then somewhere along the way, again, life has a way of, 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 of changing us and getting our focus off. And, and so maybe there's some dreams in your life that have gone dead and dormant and you need to speak life to that all over again. Right? Where Jesus saw death, he would focus on life. So we gotta refocus. We're going to reset our focus and lose our focus and start focusing on the things of Christ. Come on, maybe today, maybe, maybe see, here's the thing. We've got these altars up here. And, and back in the day, man, I've had some incredible encounters at the altar. Man, God has met me and moved in my life. And, and also, there were times, and some of you know about this, that, that man, my heart was about to pound out of my chest. Uh, especially as a teenager, I knew I had some stuff in my life that I didn't need in my life, and, and, and I felt that stirring and God calling them, and I knew I need to go up to that altar. And there were so many times when I said, no, I'm not going tonight. 
that on display. But some of you, you experience that. Week in, week out, you feel that stir, you feel that your heart pumping, but you don't, you don't make that step. Or that the altar, I know it might seem like an old-fashioned thing, but it's a powerful thing. God still meets people at the altar. And it doesn't have to be like this. Like, like I said, it's anywhere you surrender yourself to Christ. But I've had incredible encounters at the altar with God. I've seen hundreds of people over the years uh, have incredible encounters uh, with God at the altar. They've given their life and they've laid things down. They've laid sin down. God has met crossing hundreds of teenagers at, at, at encounters uh, at the altar over the years. And God can just shake up their lives. Man, there, there, there's something powerful about laying ourselves down at that altar. In the Old Testament, the altar was where a sacrifice was made. It's where things died. In order to connect with God. And it's the same today. We lay things down at this altar. Our sin dies. Our habits die. Our struggles die. Ourselves we die. We raise up to life in Christ. I'm going to be honest. When we came in a couple years ago to be pastors here, I know everybody was trying to get used to our styles and, and and all that kind of stuff, everybody's been very honoring, and I appreciate that. But there's some weeks I'm like, man, what is going on with this altar right now? There's some weeks, and, and I'm not, I, I don't preach for a response because I try to preach what God calls me to preach. But man, there's some time where I feel like, man, I know there's some people need to be up there at this altar. <laughs> I, I'm just, hey, I know, I mean, hey, you don't understand. When I was a teenager, every week my mama said, you are going to the altar this week. So don't even, don't even get it twisted and get offended at me today. I know. This is still powerful. Y'all don't miss this moment, man. When, 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 when there's not time to respond, don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Yourself. It's always one person goes, and then, oh, okay, I guess I'll go today. No. With God, call, and, and let it be God. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to, to create a response and, and manipulate things here. This is not about me. I'm trying to forget me. Man, there is something powerful still. We still have, there's churches that don't have altar calls. We will still have them because I still want you to respond to the Holy Spirit. I still want you to respond to the gospel. That is what transforms our life. And it doesn't have to be the old fashioned. Again, anywhere can be an altar where you choose to surrender to Jesus. Focus on where it looks like there's death. Focus on life. What else do we need to focus on? Opportunity where there looks like there's obstacles. How many times the disciples are with Jesus and they encountered a situation, right? And it seemed like an obstacle, but that was a place where Jesus did a miracle. Remember the little boy? Had some fish and some bread, and just a little bit, probably enough for him, that's probably his lunch. Jesus, I've been preaching. Preaching long, because you know some preachers that preach long, right? And Jesus had compassion on the people. And you can see the hungry, so he's like, God, let's, let's feed these people. Hey, Jesus, we got some little bit of long John Silvers. I don't know what you're going to do, man. When they, when they saw an obstacle, Jesus like, come on, guys. It's enough. Because I'm enough. Right? How many times they encounter um, a, a lame person or a blind person or or, 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 or leper, or someone who is dead, physically dead, and Jesus did a miracle. There's some things that you might see as obstacles in your life, but they're opportunity. Guess what? They're opportunity for God to get glory. 
Their opportunity for God to do a miracle. Not only in your life, but other people's life. It's an opportunity for people to see God still performs miracles. I don't know if you know that or not. Like maybe you haven't really seen that lately. I don't know. But God is in the miracle where he is a miracle working God. He is a way maker. Come on, somebody. That's not just a cute song we sing. He is. He is. And he is in the business of making a way that doesn't seem to be a way. If you'll just trust him, if you'll just get out of the way, if you'll, you'll, you'll forget you for a moment. Start looking for opportunity instead of obstacles. Start looking for hope where there's despair, love where there seems to be a lot of hate. And right now, that's a place where we can all do better. Well, the only Jesus some people are going to see is going to be through you and I. And we've got to forget ourselves there are going to be some people that you can't stand. There are going to be some people that you don't even want to talk to. You've had weird thoughts about them in your head. You're going to have to forget you. Because Jesus loves them. They're breathing. Jesus loves them. And he's calling us to be there. It's time to focus differently. Lose your focus today. He must become greater. I must become less. So to forget you, lose your focus. And then you're going to have to lose your stuff. And this is going to mess with some of you. You're not going to like this. You may even tune me out. Maybe you'll go to the bathroom while I'm talking about them. I don't know. But lose your stuff. What does that mean? I'm not saying you've got to go home and sell all your stuff. If God calls you to do that, then you should be obedient. But don't do it because I said that. Oh, that's what I got to sell my work longer today. So I'm not saying that. Look, God said <laughs> I know, see, I know what I'm saying. You're like, oh, hey, you're talking about me. I'm going to just excuse myself for a minute. That's when we put things at a higher priority than we do God. When we do that, those things become our God. When we put things, when we put money, when we put people, when we put our time and our treasures and our talents and all of them, anything that we put ahead of God is an idol. And it becomes our God that we worship. We need to lose our stuff. We got, we got to forget you. Realize your stuff. It's number one, it's just stuff. And it's stuff that God has given you. It's his anyway. So you're going to honor him with that? Right. Ecclesiastes 510, whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. Why? Because we always want more. You ever notice that? We always want more. It's, never, it's like, oh, if I could just get that raise, if I could just get that job, and, I deserve a raise. I've been pressing my butt. I'm just spending it. And then as soon as you get it, it's like, well, I can use a little bit more. Yeah. We, we buy houses. It's like, man, if I could just get a, a bigger house, we'd have a little bit more room. But guess what we're going to do? We're going to fill that room with more what? Stuff. Like the fishbowl syndrome, right? Get it? Uh, years ago, as a teenager, I won one little goldfish at the Strawberry Festival. We kept it. Normally, it died. But this was living for a long time. We kept getting bigger and bigger. We put in a little bowl and we had to put in a little bit bigger uh, aquariums and we had to put in a little bit bigger thing. It was just this one dumb goldfish that we had. We kept getting bigger and bigger. Right? This is what we do. There's this desire in us for always for more. I had more money, you know, Pastor, I would give more. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You're either going to give now or you're not. God's going to, if He can trust you with a little, He can trust you with. A lot. Oh, Pastor, you know, I'm just so busy. If I have more time, I'd, I'd serve. I'd get more involved. No, no, you won't. You won't. 
not wrong to have stuff. But stuff is just stuff. It's, sen it's, it's, it's sentimental, right? It's not sacred. It's sentimental. It's not sacred. It's just stuff. I, I wish someone, I wish someone would get as passionate about Jesus. I wish someone would get as passionate about God and the things of God and a movement. I wish some people would get more passionate about prayer and, and about reading their Bible than they would their stuff. I wish we could get off this social media and we're just drowning in this mess. Get some time in the presence of God. Pastor, you sound really religious right now. That's fine. I'm not trying to win friends up here today. I got friends. Truth is, we get passionate about what we really value in our life. And that needs to be God. He must become more. I must become less. Come on, you gotta forget you. It's just stuff. We get so emotional about things that we think we own our car, our agenda for the day, our money, routine, our time. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other, and he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve both two masters. Like he mentions money here. Money's the number one thing in contention with our heart. But you can really fit anything in there that can become your master. Or yourself. You can't serve both God and yourself. You can't both serve God and your desires. You can't serve both God and, and, and anything else that you can fit in there. Anything that comes from God is an idol. Our stuff can become our God. So we have to forget our focus, forget our stuff. And then the last thing is this. We need to lose our life. Pastor, that sounds really weird, I think. I'm not saying anything weird. I'm just saying you've got to forgive you. Forget you. What, 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 what Mark 8, 34 through 38 says this. Then he called the crowd to them along with the disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Or whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world but forfeit their soul? I, I'm not talking about some weird cult stuff. I'm not telling you drinking Kool-Aid, you know, for you lose your life. No, don't get it mixed up, twisted, because some people can, right? I'm just saying, we, we've got we've to give ourselves, surrender ourselves to Christ every day in His agenda, what He wants for our life, what He wants to do in us and through us. Before this passage, Jesus predicts His death. And if you remember, Peter stands up and like, no, no, Jesus, that's never going to happen. As if he's saying, we're not going to let that happen. Which is not a bad thing. Like, Peter's standing up for Jesus. He's like, no, I got your back, bro. Like, who, who, we, got, who we got to throw down with? You know, like, like Peter's standing up and he loves Jesus. This is his rabbi. This is his, his teacher. And he's standing up. For, but what does Jesus do? You remember that passage? It says, get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine how weird that sounds to Peter? Peter's like, what? What? What, what, why are you calling me the devil, Jesus? <laughs> why, why do you say that for? Peter wasn't wrong in standing up for Jesus, but guess what? That wasn't Jesus' purpose. Peter was going against his purpose. And that was to come, live, and die, and rise again. So Jesus was going, and, and nothing could thwart that purpose. Right? And it's the same for us today. There's so many things that we put ahead of God's purposes in our life. There's stuff, there's things, there's plans, there's dreams, there's people, there's all sorts of things that 
we put ahead of Christ, and the, the, those might be good things, but they're not God things, and we, we get ahead and away from the purposes of God. Because you know, I forget you. you gotta lose your life. Your thoughts, your career, your daily interactions, your parenting, your moments alone, everything for the glory of God. Your values, your business. Things you watch, what you say, what you listen to, how you treat others, how you treat your spouse. What you want to go your way. All these things we need to lose at the feet of Jesus. Forget you. It's a denying of yourself. It's a trusting in God when you don't... You don't want to... You want to do your own thing, your own way. And so many times we do that. We, we, we want control of things. We want to go our own way and do our own thing because it feels good. And it, and it feels good, it feels right. But that's not always the case. It's a total surrender of our wishes and personal desires. It's an offering of our entire lives as a living sacrifice set apart for God and holy to the Lord. To separating ourselves from our own wishes and personal desires and Living with a divine perspective, an eternal perspective, God first. And we're willing to say every day, not my will, but your will be done. That's what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus is not looking for more converts that would repeat a prayer. He's looking for true disciples that would live for him every day. God's not interested in religious ritual. He's not interested in you just repeating a prayer, even though that's good, but there's more to it than that. Listen, the devil's not bothered by you just going to church, right? It's when you begin to walk it out. It's when you begin to activate your faith. It's when you begin to pray some bold, big, bold prayers. That's when the enemy gets scared. That's when he begins to mess with you. You begin to declare and live God's truth. He must increase. I must. I must decrease. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Let me get ready to close here. In a moment, we're going to have our prayer team come up. We're going to pray. If you want prayer for anything, if you want to respond, if you want to come up here and you're ready to say, you know what? I'm going to forget me today and I'm going to go up to this altar. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get a hold of God and God's going to get a hold of me. If that's you, man, we're going to make that moment happen for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've not begun a relationship with Him. We're going to give you an opportunity to accept Him into your life today and we're going to worship Him one time together. But in just a moment, we'll do that. But many marathon uh, runners, long distance runners, they know what it means to hit a wall, right? And if you've ever worked out or done any kind of uh, exercise or anything like that, you, you know what it's like to hit that plateau. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, if I'm doing a bench press, and, and I'm like, yeah, I think I can squeeze one more out, season. But, but you hit that wall, right? It's like your arms start to shake. Do, and you don't have a spotter, and I've been there in the gym before. It's really awkward and embarrassing. And, uh, you hit that wall, right? Mar marathon runners, all these triathlon runners, they, they, they'll hit that wall in a race. And it's like your legs feel like jello. I, I don't really know the experience because I don't pay to go and run. Like, that's weird to me. I don't like to run. They're running, they're running, they're going, they're going, and they're trying to, like I said, they hit this wall. It's like their, their legs just start to give out, and they've run out of that energy, and they, they hit this plateau. So what many of them will do is they'll position family members and different people along the sides, along the race. They'll position them to cheer them on, because they kind of know where that spot's going to come out. I'm 
I, I might hit this wall here. So then position people in the right place and say, come on, keep going, you got it. So that in their head, that it kind of pushes them to keep going. They'll do that, right? Again, I learned by experience. I just read it. Do that. Do it. And hearing the cheers and those encouragements, they, 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 they scientific here, counteracts the dopamine uh, dip that happens inside you. And it lifts the athlete's spirit. It pushes them forward. So as we uh, read and get ready to close, we read Hebrews 12. I want you to think about that thought for a minute. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since you're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to live the life of faith, let us do what? Strip off every weight that slows us down. Everything that hinders, every sin, every struggle, every part of me that puts stuff before God, all those things, let, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You gotta forget you to be able to do this thing that God is calling you to do. You've gotta forget you to be able to walk in victory. We sing about victory day. You're gonna have to forget you and surrender to God. You're gonna have to forget you to experience more of God in your life. It's easy to try to fill our lives up with so many things. And so many people have done that. They've tried to fill their life because there's an emptiness inside. That's what we're trying to do. Is fill that void, fill that spot. And there's so many that try to fill that spot with so many things, yet they still come up empty. They still come up dry. They still feel like something is missing. Because here's the thing, you need something that's going to last. You need something that's going to fulfill, something that's going to sustain you.
forgiven you. Every temptation, you're going to have to say, you know what? I really want this thing. Forget me. I really want to carry this thought out, but you know what? Forget me. This person did this to me, and I really want to get back at them because it's my right. I should get justice, you know, but forget me. I feel like I have the right to speak my mind. That's free speech, right? It's free country. I say whatever. That's not what our freedom is meant for. You have to forget me. I feel like I should get it's my, it's my Facebook page, it's my wall, and say whatever I want. You can just keep scrolling, baby. Sometimes you don't need to always post that thing. You have to forget you. you hear me this morning, church? Come on. We need to forget us. You're going to have to preach this to yourself anytime, anything, any convenience you. It's all about your schedule. Forget you. Anytime that we ask you to serve in the church, in any or just use your time or talents or treasures, man, you're going to have to forget you. Oh, you know, this person, they hurt me. I, I deserve to be mad. You know what? Forget you. There's some times you're going to have to preach this to yourself. In order to forget yourself, and here's the thing, a lot of us are going to struggle with this because it's it's a place of vulnerability. Pastor, if I forget myself, I, I'm kind of exposing myself, I'm kind of, I'm kind of naked here, right? I'm vulnerable, but none of us like that because we like to be in control, but you're going to have to forget me. And to be able to do that, remember, we need to understand God doesn't forget you. There's grace in that. There's power in that. He will take care of you. He will sustain you. He is your strength. Come on, somebody. He is your portion. He is our shelter in time of need. He is a strong power that the righteous can run to. Come on. He is your provider. He will make a way. Come on, stand up with me. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.